little bit more comfortable here. I was starting to worry. Uh, if I preach with my shoes on, it's not as good. But God's got something big for us today. We're in this series called Faces. We're walking through how every person matters, right? Every single face that you see matters. Do you guys know that? Do you guys live that? Right? Like for real. Think about it. Like Taylor preached last week. Like Jesus was on his way to see this woman at the well. He was exhausted. He was tired. They didn't even like each other culturally. Like the Samaritans and the Jews hated each other. They like wanted to kill each other. Have y'all ever heard the story of the Good Samaritan? Have you? The Good Samaritan, right? There's a Jew laying on the road. A priest walks by. He's like, that's a dirty dude. I'm not messing with him. And he walks on by. Here comes another. He walks right on by. Walks right on by. Three, four people walk right on by him. Laying there hurt. He had been beaten. He had been robbed. And then here comes a Samaritan. He picks the Jew up. And he takes him to the inn. And he says, whatever this dude needs, I'm going to take care of him. You just do it and I'll pay you when I get back. That story hits me hard. Especially when I'm reading John chapter 4. And I see this woman that no one values. She's literally at the well at a different time than everybody else, like Taylor said last week. See, in this culture, you would go early in the morning to get water. Because the Middle East is hot. It's like South Carolina in the summertime's three. You're going to sweat, right? You've got to carry deodorant like in your pouch. You've got to have that mug with you. You get a fanny pack just for deodorant, three sticks. And it's hot. So the women would go and they would get water. They would take it back for the day. Before it gets hot. This woman is at the well at the hottest point of the day. It's hot. She had gone to the well when nobody was there so she wouldn't be mocked and ridiculed. That's how much these people, us, hurt other people. So she's there. This series is going to teach us to have value for all people like Jesus had value for all people. Doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter where they're from. And it doesn't matter their culture. Now, do those things matter? Yes, because that's who that person is. But we should not see them for those things. Culture is important. Skin color is important. It makes you who you are. But we should not reject people based on those things. Like Taylor talked about last week. Here in Spartanburg, we have a very interesting city. In Cincinnati, it's just basically really poor part, rich part. That's it. There's no in between. Here, we have a very unique situation. This place, very well off. Walk right outside the doors and go out on the road, not well off. You can be in one nice part, and then the next part, you're in the ghetto. It just happens. I don't even know how it happens. But it's like, man, I, I feel like I'm going to play with my kids at this park. Then go down the road. No, no, I don't think so. Like, we have a very unique environment. But all the people in these environment matters. And we need to learn how to open our eyes to these people. Because sometimes people can just be invisible to you. You see somebody and your brain automatically clicks. That's not somebody I'll get along with, so I need to back up. That's not somebody I need to like, so I need to get away from them. We don't have anything in common. 
Some people say that to me. Like, I'll be like, you should talk to this person. We don't have anything in common. What? You can tell that based on what they're wearing or their skin color or their color. What? How about you look at them for who they are and you love them? That's what Jesus is teaching us here. So here's what I want to do. I just want to take two seconds, okay? Here's what I want y'all to do. There's someone in front of you, beside you, somewhere that you do not know. Y'all, the introverts in here are already getting like, oh, crap. (laughs) Not again! Lord, help me right now in this moment! I want y'all to get to know somebody real quick. I'm going to give you guys two minutes. Get to know somebody. Go! As my daughter says, bang, bang, skeet, skeet. Like, 
Jesus answered, I was with you and to know the good and gift of God. You would have asked me for living water if you didn't know what I would. Would you give the living water? And you're like, check, good, I'm wet. Verse of the day, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> no. You need more because you're hungry. If you eat once a week, you're going to be full all week? No. You will not be full all week. The word of God will fill you every day. And guess what? I'm not your mama. So I'm not going to feed you every day. You got to feed yourself because you're big girls and boys. I'm a big boy. I can feed myself. Say, I can feed myself. I can feed myself. myself. Because I got the best food. Because I got the best food. Nothing better. Nothing better. If you don't have food, food will be provided to you. Just hit me up. I'll get you a bottle. You'd be like, Ricky, I got no actual food. I'd be like, too bad. No, I'm just kidding. I want to get both of those things. So verse 10, John chapter 4, verse 10. I'll give you a little bit of context from last week. It says, Jesus answered her. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, we're going to go into this next one. I'll read it right now. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself? As also did his sons and livestock. This is powerful right now, guys. This is so powerful. I hope you get chills when you read this verse. Jesus answered her. If you knew the gift of God. And who it was that asked you for a drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Have y'all ever supposed to, be, to, to meet somebody that you've never seen before? Yeah, like maybe on like Facebook Marketplace or something like that? Like I saw an air conditioner this week? Scary. I'm like, should I give this person my address? Like I'm straight up tripping about this. Like is he going to come and murder me? Like what's about to happen? Is he going to want a relationship with me? Like what's going to happen in this moment? And it makes me trip. And then I was talking to this one guy, and I saw his Facebook. He's like, but my brother's going to come pick it up. He's like, you'll know him when he sees him. And I'm like, how am I supposed to know him? I don't know what you look like. I guess it's going to be the one person in my driveway, maybe? I don't know. But people say you're going to know him when you see him. I don't know about y'all, but has anybody ever told you that? I've never known him when I saw him. Never. Like, well, this is a funny story. One time when Corey was uh, doing some stuff for us, I had him go to a meeting for me. And I was like, Corey, I can't do this. I need you to do it for me. It's in two hours. Okay. He's like, what's he look like? I was like, I have no idea, man. I've never seen him in my entire life. Okay. I was like, he's probably older. So just go to Bella Latte and wait for him. And Corey was like, okay. He's like, I'm going to take Jose with me because I'm kind of scared. I was like, that's fine. And so I get a message from the guy, and he's like, I'm going to be wearing a blue polo and pants. I was like, okay, cool. So I texted Corey, and I was like, blue polo, pants. He's like, that's it? Yeah, you'll know him when you see him. 
Corey, didn't you walk up someone wearing a different blue polo pants? Yeah, so there was another guy in a, pol in a blue polo pants. He <laughs> wasn't the guy. Apparently, other people wear blue polos and pants. <laughs> <laughs> and so Corey went up to the wrong guy and then finally found him. But, like, you just never know when you see him. I was meditating on this verse this week because it says, John 4, verse 10, says, Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it was, who it was that asked you for a drink. Man, I'm convinced that if God came to earth, we would completely and totally miss him. He could be standing right in front of us in our own insecurity, our own lack of self-confidence, our own spiritual immaturity would keep us from missing the Father. Because think about it, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they missed him. They knew more about him than anybody else in the entire world because they knew the Old Testament. They had it memorized. In Israel, you had to memorize the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, by the time you were five years old. No, 13 years old. Five, dang. <laughs> That's too much, God. <laughs> it's 13 years old. And then by the time you were 15, you had to have a working knowledge of Kings and Chronicles. They knew what Jesus looked like. They knew what he was supposed to be, and they completely missed him. How confident are you that if he was standing in this room right now, that you wouldn't miss him? Have you ever asked yourself that question? You're just not going to know when you see him. Because Jesus doesn't look like we expect him to look. When Jesus came to earth, he was a poor, brown man. Short, nothing to look at is what the Bible says. He was an average Joe. Everybody missed him. He, the only reason people didn't miss him was because he was like, hey, this is who I am. Don't miss it. How confident are you that right now, if he stood before you, you'd recognize him? <clears throat> Trust me, like, his closest friends, his disciples, didn't even recognize him. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 24 real quick. Bible drills. <laughs> if you ain't got a Bible, it'll be on the screen, probably. If not, too bad for you. Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 36. Okay. Now let me give you a little bit of context to this verse. So Jesus had died on the cross, resurrected three days later, and was missing from the tomb. Two of his disciples are walking on the road. Jesus comes up and starts having a conversation with these mugs. And they're like, and he's like, What's, what, why is everybody tripping? And the disciples are like, have you been living behind a rock? Well, yeah. Have you been living behind a rock? You have not heard what happened? Jesus of Nazareth, of Nazareth, died on the cross. Like, you haven't heard about this? And he's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. He just keeps on walking. And they, like, walk miles together. And then they come to the place, and Jesus is about to leave. And they're like, no, please, please stay with us for the night. Like, it's getting dark. Are you sure you want to go out there? Yeah, they don't know who he is, because they just asked Jesus if he's scared of the dark. <laughs> he's not tangled. <laughs> Sorry. He's not me. Okay. So he comes in and he sits down with his disciples. And they start to eat. And they don't recognize him. And then he breaks the bread. And they recognize him. After he breaks 
And then he just disappears. And then we come to this verse in 36. Luke 24, 36. It says, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled and why do you doubt? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? It's hungry. Jesus could be standing right before us. And our own minds and our own self-doubt would keep us from seeing him. Your own insecurity, your own unworthiness would stop you from knowing the Father standing before you. The only way that you would know him is by his scars, by his holes, and his hands, and his feet. It's so interesting because I think the reason that they recognized him by his scars, by his hands, and his feet was because that was such a part of who they are and who they were destined to be that nothing could keep them from seeing that. Y'all feel me on that for a second? Let me, let me spin that back a little bit. So they were sinners. They were separated from God by sin, by their own disobedience. Like, like us. And those scars, those holes where those nails were put were not for Jesus. Y'all feel me on that? Feel me on that? Say those nails were not for Jesus. Those nails were not for They Jesus. were not for Jesus. Whose were those nails for? Those nails were for us. Those nails that were placed through his hands and his feet, they were for us. For our sin and for our disobedience, for our lack of wanting God, for our selfishness and our judgment. Jesus took those nails in his hands and his feet. And because we have a, such a hard time of understanding who we are in Jesus, it'll be so hard for us to recognize Jesus when he stands before us. If. You'll recognize him when he comes back. He's, he's going to be decked out. You'll see it. <laughs> but if he was standing before us today, I think I would miss him. Because I would doubt so much. Could, could this really be Jesus? Y'all feel that with me? Sometimes you doubt. Am I really saved? Do I really have a relationship with Jesus? Is the Bible really true? Did Jesus really come? Am I really good enough for God? Are my mistakes too much? Y'all, we have a hard time of believing it every single day. Amen. And when you have a hard time of believing it, what do you remember? Those scars, they're for me. I get chills just when I even say it. Those scars, they're for me. I won't mistake him. I will not see him because I will know him by his what? His scars. Because who are they for? Us. Me. 
You, you, say those scars are for me. Those scars are for me. Those scars are for you. Those scars were for the woman at the well. When she stood before Jesus and didn't recognize him, even though she had scripture, even though she knew, she had been taught, she had been told, even though she was a Samaritan, she knew who God was. And when he sat before her, all she saw was his culture. All she saw was his gender. You are a man. You are a Jew. You should not associate with me. She missed the scars that were to come. She missed the presence of the Lord because she was so focused on the external. How focused are you on the external? Be real with me right now. Like, you guys know what I'm talking about. You walk into work, you see somebody, they're brand new, you've never talked to them. Oh, I'm not going to like them. She nasty. <laughs> like, that's not my feeling, right? Like, I know I'm not going to get along with them. Or someone comes up to you and their voice is kind of annoying, and you're like, oh my gosh, Lord. <laughs> no! You're already prejudging them. You know what's worse than judgment? Prejudgment. <laughs> right? Like, you're like, whoa. No. We already make these assumptions in our, our minds, so we already eliminate ourselves from having a great relationship because we are so set on not liking that person by their external that we never remember that they have something internal. <clears throat> Jesus was there. He continued to talk to this woman, even though she was running in through the ringer. Like in verse 11, we saw, she was like, you don't even got anything to drink from. That well's deep. How's that supposed to happen? Like Taylor said last week. The disciples didn't go with Jesus. They left. They're like, there's nobody here Jesus is going to talk to. You. Nobody's worthy. Nobody's good enough. Nobody matters. Nobody's smart enough. We're going to go get food. Jesus, you sit here. How often do you miss Jesus? How often do you miss the opportunities in your everyday single life where Jesus has placed a person before you who needs him, who's broken, who's a Samaritan woman, who has been ran through the ringer so much, who has done so much bad things and has been so broken that she's not even willing to interact with other people. Think about that for a second. Maybe that's you, or maybe that's somebody in your life. Somebody who just doesn't love the Lord. Someone who doesn't even know that they're loved. Think about it. You guys have somebody in your life like that right now? Do, do you? Speak to me. Amen. Do you guys have somebody in your life like that right now? Yes. Here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to pray. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to drop to your knees, and I want you to pray for that person in your life. Why am I going to have you do this? Why am I stopping this worship service? Because that person is valuable. Hey, do you guys believe that person in your life is valuable? Do you guys believe that prayer is our trajectory with God, our communication with God? Can we pray for that person? Are you guys with me on it? It'll just take a few seconds, okay? If you're not able to get on your knees, do not feel ostracized by this. Do not feel like people are staring at you. It's totally cool. You can use the chair. You can do whatever you want. Let's drop to our knees. Let's pray to the Lord.
there's not many visitors here today. Okay, think of that one person and just pray for them a simple prayer, okay? Father God, thank you. Lord, we come before you on our knees, Father, because we are unworthy, but you make us worthy through your scars. Lord, you are so good and you are so strong to save, Lord. Father, yes, I will pray for people. Yes, I will praise you, the Lord of lords and the God of gods. Father, for each one of these people whose name is being lifted up to you right now, I pray that they would be sweet to your ears, Lord. I pray that you would help each person who's praying to see a mighty movement of the Father this week. Lord God, that they would be so filled with living water, your spirit, that it would flow from their mouths, and you would make such a movement this week. Father, each one of these people are valuable. Thank you for loving them, and thank you for dying for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can return to your seats. Thank you, guys, for taking a minute to sit with me and pray with me. Thank you. All people are valuable. Jesus shows us that right here, right? It takes a minute, he talks to this woman. So let me leave you, let me leave you, the, that was my like first intro, let me leave you with this. You're like, it's 11.04, Ricky, let's move it along. Let me leave you with this. Recognize what's in front of you. Don't miss it because of your own self-doubt. Don't miss it because of your own insecurity. Recognize what is before you. Recognize the Lord when he stands there showing you his scars. Don't be like the disciples who are like, oh, really? Like, are you a ghost? No, don't. Don't be like, oh, the mystical makes more sense than the logical. No, Jesus is logical. Look at Jesus. Believe Jesus. Have faith in Jesus. Let him show you his scars. Now, in verse 10, it also says this. If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. What is the gift of God? Relationship. Salvation through relationship. See, I think many of us just ask the wrong questions. And you're like, Ricky, you always tell us there's no wrong way to pray and there's not wrong questions. There's no wrong questions that we can ask God. Sometimes we ask other people wrong questions. Right? Have you guys ever asked somebody a wrong question? No, probably not. Like the teacher said, there's no bad questions, right? <laughs> but sometimes I think we just ask really questions that are not faith-based whatsoever. And we focus so much on questions that don't matter. Does that make sense? Amen. Like we focus so much on questions that do not matter. Like, oh, I think we should have more pretty lights. Can we get more pretty lights? No. <laughs> Maybe as time goes on, we will. But right now, you don't worry about it. That's a stupid question. It's not a stupid question. It's just not. No, Grayson, I like our lights. Like, that's not what Yeah. So, Grayson just got lights. That was a bad example. No. Yeah, I love those lights. Yeah. That was just an example that popped on. Just the wrong question right now. <laughs> or sometimes people's like, can I pray wrong? That's not a bad question. Right? That's a good question, but it's the wrong question. Just pray. Just pray. Or sometimes we ask God to give us more faith. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good prayer, but it's probably the wrong question. 
Because it's not about the amount of faith you have to your faith to live. Amen. And I'm not saying this to make you guys feel like, man, I suck at questions. <laughs> I'm saying this because when you do have the presence of the Lord before you, I want you to ask questions that matter. Amen. I want you to ask questions that are important. The Samaritan woman was asking Jesus all these questions. And he's just like, if you would have known the gift of God, you would have known who it was that asked you for a drink. If you ask the right questions, God will give you the right answers. Sometimes we ask God why we're in the situation that we're in, and that's not a bad question. But what if we looked at it this way and said, God, I don't care why I'm in this situation because I know you're good. Amen. Or what if we said, we have these people in our lives. What if we don't worry about the people that are in our lives, like why they're here, but we just said, God, give me opportunity to love these people in my life. What if we didn't pray for God to take people out of our lives? Y'all feel me on that? Oh, yeah. No, that's deep. I'm... 100% sure, because I've done the same. I've prayed for people to be taken out of my lives, but I could not see them. But what if God wanted us to have that person? And what if we started praying, how can I have an opportunity with this person? God, how can I help this person change through your spirit? How can I help show this person love? Father, instead of saying, God, this person's so mean, I wish you would change their attitude. What if you said, God, how can I change this person's attitude with you? What if we stopped bringing problems to God and we started asking God for solutions? Y'all quiet. <laughs> what if we stopped asking God about all of our problems and we started asking him for solutions? And some of you be like, well, when I bring a problem and I ask for a solution? No, because your heart's already guarded to getting a solution. You just want to complain to God about your problems and you don't want the solution because you're not willing to change anything. Who in here is willing to change something about their life and drop it right now and leave it at the cross and begin to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit? Not many. How many people are going to continually complain to God and then continually be the same as they were when they complained? Uh, answer? Me. I'm going to do that. Because I complain. But today I say no more. <laughs> Y'all feel Amen. Today I'm going to be, and I'm going to know what the right question is. I know the gift of God. I know that he died on the cross for me. So today I start to bring and ask God for solutions and not just my problems. Now understand what I'm saying. If you ain't got no money and you're like, God, I'm tripping about this. Like, this makes me worry. It's not that you said, God, give me money. It's that you said, God, give me peace. Amen. Stop looking at the material and start looking at the spiritual. God wants you to have peace. God wants you to have joy. And I know some of you are here looking at me like, Ricky, I cannot have joy. You don't know where I've been. You haven't seen what I've seen. You don't understand. And then we have other people in here who are sitting here like, I ain't got no problems in my life. Like, everything looks real good. Well, you're probably lying. There's something going on. And even if that is you, God still wants to speak to you. <clears throat> if you're not willing to change, if you're not willing to be transformed, 
then this probably ain't for you. Y'all are a little bit mad at me. I can understand. <laughs> but just know, this is not Ricky. This is the Holy Spirit. Our word for 2020 is maturation. We need to start looking at people as who they are. Who they are. Maturation means maturity, growth. And when we start to look at other people as who they are, and we stop to bring all their flaws out, and we start to ask God for solutions on how we can love them, then God will start to change us. Because when we pray the gift of God, when we pray solutions, when we ask God for solutions instead of bringing all of our problems, He's going to change you and He's going to transform you. But you're going to have to give a lot up. Stephen said it earlier, my mind will look at nothing perverse. My mind will look at nothing that is not of God. I will not. Y'all, for real, the Spirit's just good, man. He's, he's on fire. I'm going to put that down. And this is what we're going to do. Some of you are so stuck in pornography that you can't release it. Some of you are having so much sex and you're not married that you can't stand it. Some of you are relying on alcohol to bring you peace. Your drinking ain't going to fix it. The sex ain't going to fix it. The pornography's not going to fix it. Who's going to fix it? The scars of Jesus Christ. If you want to continue to live in your sin for 15 more years, then continue staying the same. If you want to get out of that sin, then drop some stuff and start to be transformed by the renewing of the Holy Spirit. If you knew the gift of God, you would have asked for living water. Can I tell you something? You don't have to do it alone. Because living water is the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 7, we see that Jesus says, Those who believe in me will have living water flowing from every part of who they are. They will know me by the living water. It will flow from their mouths. It will flow from their beings. The living water is the Holy Spirit which God has given you so that you're not in this alone. Can I tell you guys something? You can't drop it and you can't be transformed by yourself. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. How do you get the Holy Spirit? Have a relationship with Jesus. Have a relationship with Jesus. Walk with Jesus. Know Jesus. Love Jesus. That's how you have a relationship with Jesus. That's how you have the Holy Spirit. Some of you are like, man, I've never felt this Holy Spirit. Well, you have. You just have so much doubt and so much lack of confidence in yourself that you can't believe it. Want to know why? Want to know why maybe you've never felt the Holy Spirit? Because you call yourself a follower of Jesus, but then you live and rely on your sin instead of him. The woman at the well. She didn't see Jesus for who he was because her life was so filled with destruction. We're going to get to that. Maybe you're so filled with destruction right now that you can't feel the spirit. And let me tell you something. Destruction just makes you feel bad about yourself. Destruction just hurts who you are. Destruction just makes you feel like you're not good enough. So if you feel like you're not good enough for God, it's because you just don't have any confidence in yourself. Because you don't have any confidence in what Jesus did for you. The woman at the well stood there, a Samaritan, speaking with a Jew. He did not ostracize her. He didn't say you're not good enough. 
He didn't say, well, you're right. You are a Samaritan, and I am a Jew. We probably shouldn't hang out. No, he said, I love you. So when I say these things today that sound like hard things, I need you to know I'm saying them in love because Jesus said them to you. He wrote them on this sweet, sweet food that we get to eat every single day. He reminds you who you are every single day. I just think sometimes we get so focused on the hope of Jesus, which is what we should always be focused on. But we forget that Jesus doesn't want us to just stay the same as when we came into the hope. Because if we don't understand who we are, if we don't understand the judgment of God, if we don't understand the power of God, then we'll never really experience the hope of God. If you don't understand that your sin is heavy, you'll never experience God. If you don't understand that you are not good, you'll never experience God. But good news, God makes you good through his blood, through his scars. This woman stood here at the well, not knowing what to do. Maybe you're sitting here today, and I've just told you these things, you don't even know what to do. Ricky, I've heard this, what do I do? I don't feel like I'm broken, I feel like I'm okay. Well, just... Listen and breathe. If you need transformation in your life, just listen and breathe. If you have a sin, which I can feel it right now. like There's some people with some heavy sin in here right now, okay? We all got heavy sin. I got heavy sin. But right now, I feel like the Spirit wants you to release that. Y'all want to release that? No, do you guys want to release that? Like, what's heavy on you right now that you haven't been able to break, that you haven't been able to stop? What is it? Why don't we bring it before God today and forget it? Why don't we nail it to the cross like we nailed Jesus to the cross to die for us? That's what he went there for. Why do we keep holding on to it? Why do we keep it? Why are we like that little freaky dude from the Lord of the Rings when he's got the ring? He's like, my precious. That's how you are with your sin. You're like, God, I don't like getting drunk all the time. I just really like getting wasted. God, I'm just a casual drinker. I get a little tipsy. I make some bad decisions, but it's okay. I'm not drunk. Y'all, I'm not against alcohol. But here's the deal. You can't handle it. I can't handle it. I can't play with fire and expect not to get burned. When you go drinking and you have sex with somebody, you just screwed up. Quit drinking! Woo, that's fire. When you smoke weed and you make a bad decision, quit smoking weed. When you watch pornography and it pulls you away from your wife, quit watching pornography. Quit thinking that you can handle it. You ain't got self-control. That's why you eat so much cake. We ain't got self-control. God's got to do it for us. That's why he offers us living water. That's why he offers us living water. 
going a little hard today. But I feel this is what the Spirit wanted me to speak. Because He loves you. And He wants you to be transformed. He wants you to know that He got His scars for you. He wants you to know it's time to release. He wants you to know that he came from heaven, lived a perfect life, and died on the cross for you. And he stands before you today. Do you recognize him? Not me. That's not what I'm saying. He stands before you today with his full presence, his full offering, asking you for a relationship with him. Showing you his nail-scarred hands and feet. Are you ready for it? And maybe you already have a relationship with him. Are you ready for transformation with him? Hey, can I tell you something? Your sin doesn't define you. What defines you? The scars of Jesus. So even if you are stuck in alcohol addiction, even if you are stuck in pornography, guess who still loves you? Jesus. Guess who still died for you? Maybe you had sex with a random person last night. Guess who still loves you, Jesus? You should feel conviction, but you should not feel shame, and you should not feel guilt. Because those are tricks of the enemy. You've made mistakes, and you've screwed up, but Jesus still loves you. If Jesus stood before you, which he does right now in this presence, he would tell you, you've messed up. Steve, you're going to play some music, and we're just going to sit here for a moment. woman at the well gets me pumped up. She gets me excited. She gets me shaking. Because I was the woman at the well. You've been the woman at the well. Maybe you're the woman at the well today and you feel like nobody loves you. You feel like nobody cares for you. I want you to know you're loved. Maybe your life's just hard right now. I want you to know you're loved. Maybe your life's going good right now. I want you to know you're loved. And the reason it's going good is because the Father loves you. Everything good is from the Lord. Y'all, today's the day to drop it. Right now, let's bring it.